Hi, this is Eva. And together with my friends Chloe and Christy, the three of us make up the Fully Yours podcast team. We are three friends who had a dream in graduate school that great food at the intersection of food and spirituality could become a field of new possibilities. As you may have noticed earlier in earlier episodes this season, we're focusing on the homegrown theme, examining the soil and the community contexts that take place in each of our geographical locations and the lands that we live on. This episode, I'm speaking with my friend Sandra Leva about some wonderful work that she does in Conway, Arkansas. Sandra is a community organizer and a local food advocate. For the past eight years, she has been the director of La Lucha Space, a small nonprofit based in Conway, dedicated to supporting and promoting local producers, community projects, and events. Much of her work has revolved around supporting the local and sustainable food movement in the area. Sandra is not originally from Arkansas, but moved here with the intention of starting a community organization. That is how she started getting involved with farmers, farmers markets, community gardens, and people who care about where their food comes from. Sandra, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for inviting me. So to get us started, I wondered if you could just tell us a little bit about your background, where you grew up, and maybe a little bit of your story behind why you care about what you care about. Sure. So I grew up in Mexico City, so kind of a concrete jungle kind of girl. And then I moved to Washington State, and I went to college in Seattle. Uh, and traveled for a little while after graduating and when it was time to decide what was next my then boyfriend now husband and I uh, we had been accepted to grad school but we decided to just go ahead and try something different and see what happened so we moved to Arkansas where we didn't know anybody and never been before uh, just it was somewhere warmer than Washington and with a good cost of living. So we had visited once um, to Fayetteville, Little Rock, and Conway. And we decided Conway was big enough but small enough. And uh, things that we were um, thinking of doing weren't happening here yet. So it was a need we could fill. Uh, so we thought, hey, why not? Um, and the, we were, like I said in the bio, we were coming with a plan of starting a community organization. And that was very broadly defined because, as we know, everything's uh, depending on the local community and their unique way of doing and seeing things. So we said, well, what's the best way to get people together? Well, around food, because everybody eats and everyone loves to eat together. So uh, we prepared a meal every day, something different every day, and that's what there was. So when you came in, uh, we, we would share that meal. It was a pitch-in system, like pay as you please. So, you know, I started cooking uh, a lot. And that made me start thinking about the food I was sharing because we were telling people all about these values that we were uh, promoting and community and, you know, caring about each other and where, uh, how we affect the world around us. So I couldn't just 
say all that than go to Walmart and bring food and share that because antithetical to the ethos of the whole thing. So that's how I started, you know, thinking about food and then getting to know uh, farmers and people involved with that whole movement here. I wasn't really into food until I started sharing food and moved here and started doing that. Uh, I mean, and it's weird because in college I did uh, focus uh, in like social justice and and, and, uh, uh, movements, social uh, justice movements, but somehow food didn't quite come up. Uh, I mean... I, unless maybe with like Cesar Chavez as an example, but it, it wasn't something I really thought about that much. And, you know, it was Seattle, so of course there's more farmer's markets and things like that. But uh, in, in terms of agriculture, never really dug my fingers into anything either. Um, so it was really not until I came here, started sharing food and getting to know people and uh, uh, a few were professors at the universities who happened to be involved in starting this community garden behind the public library. Mm-hmm. Uh, it That's what today is the Urban Farm Project, which is actually today uh, officially part of the library, which I can tell you all about that maybe in another episode oh. because it's one of the uh, great successes of the movement. But anyway, so... That project originally was supposed to be a competition between the colleges, so each one had a plot, and so uh, we, we c- they kind of started, and it was great, but then summer came, and all the students leave, <laughs> and you know, it's the productive time, and the, the time you need the most weeding, and uh time-intensive work in a garden. So those of us who had been involved and were still here decided, hey, you know what? Let's just make them all into one big one and take care of it together. Uh, Yeah, so that's how I started uh, learning more about actually growing food and doing it uh, without any chemicals Mm -hmm. and also learning about uh, food security. And the importance of knowing how to grow food, having the space to grow food, and also having access to fresh, healthy food. Because um, many times what is cheapest in the store is highly processed stuff uh, that, you know, in the long term is not great for you. Um, uh, in the beginning most of the produce that we grew which in the beginning wasn't that much later it was more but we donated it to a food pantry and so we always heard how much they appreciated that because uh, they they didn't get that many donations of fresh stuff Um, so then I also started working at Conway Locally Grown, the farmer's market. And again, uh, with, the, with that, I started meeting a lot of different types of farmers, you know, produce, fruit, meat, and hearing about the lifestyle and the choices and why they, why they chose to do that. I mean, a few of them are uh, 
legacy farmers, I guess. You know, their families have been farming for a while, so that's why. But a lot of them are younger people who decided that that was something that called them in terms of making a difference and doing something that was good for the world and that they felt was worthwhile. So, yeah, I started seeping in all those ideas and eventually uh, collaborated with a farmer to apply to you know uh, USDA grants, the Department of Agriculture. Um, the first one we got, we used to help farmers open retail spaces on their farm to have mm -hmm. another avenue for uh, selling their stuff, you know, yeah. besides farmers markets and wholesale or whatever. Because um, I know farmers markets can are not always the most lucrative for farm, or they they require a lot of energy and time for maybe not as much s like financial sustainability. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of the good things about farmers markets is that you do get to see your customer in person and develop those relationships, but it is very time intensive. In fact, Conway Locally Grown, the market I mentioned, is an online farmers market, which is a different type. Um, where you pre-order and so farmers can just bring the stuff that they knew was already sold and then volunteers like myself help distribute it so that's really nice for them because they can just plan drop off and leave which obviously takes less time than being at the farmers market for five hours on a weekend or whatever so yeah yeah and uh so in addition to that, uh, we were helping these farmers do the on-farm on retail spaces. So either when they had farm tours or if people just stopped by, maybe if they had a CSA program. You know, each individual farmer we worked with needed something different. And that was really neat to be able to address their need and not be like, everyone gets the same thing, you know. One person needed a refrigeration system. One person needed a bathroom. <laughs> One person yeah. needed, um, you know, signage, things like that. So we did that, and we it was so partly to help uh, construct more infrastructure uh, for the local food system, and also to create uh, awareness and consciousness support for the movement. So. We organized farm tours and farm-to-table dinners and things like that. So, um, you know, that's kind of where I started wearing the local food advocate hat. And after that, we got another grant. And that one, we built, well, we didn't build it. We had a tiny food hub built, which is essentially... Uh, a giant refrigerator, uh, a storage, uh, um, insulated storage building on a trailer. Uh, we use this thing called a cool bot, which if uh, you are familiar with uh, small enterprise restaurants and farms, is something that a lot of people use because it's cheaper than the giant, like... Um, 
industrial type refrigerators but anyway that's neither here nor there for this podcast i don't think (laughs) anyway so we had a tiny food hub slash giant refrigerator built to be a point of aggregation for local food the idea being that we could help distribute more food um, if farmers could take it all to one place and then from there we would facilitate the distribution originally the idea was to restaurants and kind of more wholesale but you know things transform with the needs and Mm -hmm. the participants and we actually ended up uh, collaborating with a farmers co-op that had a CSA program uh, just in case the listeners don't know CSA stands for community supported agriculture and that's kind of like a subscription type um, program where you either pay in advance or in in installments for uh, usually a weekly or bi-weekly box of fresh food that you get and it depends on what the season is and the availability so you don't always exactly know what you're gonna get you just know that you're gonna get an amount of food that's seasonal local fresh every week and these types of programs We've been talking about all these different uh, ways to get local food, but this uh, in this type is important because it's a way that you can kind of invest in farmers and they can know that they're going to have those sales. And in some sometimes you pay some in advance, which means they have the funds to buy the seeds or the soil amendments or tools, whatever, you know, so that they can have that startup Uh, investment to do what they need to do to grow food so anyway we collaborated with it was called new south cooperative which is or was a part of heifer international it was one of their like side projects um i don't know if i should call it a side project it was more like they started their u.s programs and i hear i'm talking about heifer a few years ago they used to be all international you know the whole give a llama take a llama and eventually they figured out hey you know what there's food security issues and need in america in arkansas where you know they are uh, located so anyway they incubated a couple uh, projects including this this uh, new south cooperative thing so we worked with them for at least we've worked with them for four years uh, where they would drop off their uh, boxes that people had subscribed for and then the members would come and pick them up from us so that was really neat to be able to help distribute that food and you know just be another way in which we can support local farmers and local food um the local food movement and again with that same grant that we were able to get that food hub we did um we we had a tricycle you've seen it right oh you're gonna have to look at it we had this awesome cargo tricycle uh made professionally 
because when you have grants you can get more stuff made professionally <laughs> when you don't you just diy right. and it works <laughs> right but so this trike cargo trike was a mobile farmer's market it had a lot of storage, um, a, a lot of storage and kind of uh, display. So you can open it up and it displays your goods. So we worked That's with, so cool. yeah, <laughs> we worked with a few farmers to, uh, you know, get products like jams and jellies and like beef jerky, snack sticks. Uh, we also had, uh, it, it was it's local producers in general, so we also carried some like local jewelry and stuff, yeah. crafts made, soaps, uh, goat's milk soaps. Anyway, so things that were easily uh, carried, we would ride the bike to an event or to the farmer's market or to the food truck park and set up and have a pop-up farmer's market so again raising awareness selling some stuff mm -hmm. uh, getting more visibility mm -hmm. for what this is all about and mostly talking to people about what what it's about why it's important why yeah. we care mm -hmm. so and um i give local food talks often and I always tell people that one of the things that makes me passionate about food local food is that it just impacts so many uh, parts of our life mm -hmm. uh, and I shouldn't say local food food impacts so many parts of our life mm -hmm. whether you see it to see it um, in the perspective of personal health or environment or social justice mm -hmm. or um, uh, the local economy so oh it just touches yeah. so many things that uh, doesn't matter what your f flavor of ice cream is there probably is some way that it can be included in the mm -hmm. in the local food ice cream shop I don't know that <laughs> that that analogy didn't work out at the end, no, but yeah, <laughs> but the point is it it's just so all encompassing and also everyone eats no matter who you are, what's your religion, who you voted for, any of those things. Everybody eats so and everybody eats every day, hopefully, um, which means that you can make a difference every day with what you choose to eat and another part of what we do is try to increase access because sometimes when people hear about local food or organic food or whatever they start thinking well that's you know for rich people or too that's that's too expensive right too expensive that's kind of an exclusive thing but as I was talking about earlier about the Urban Farm Project, the community garden, it I, I, growing your own food, it's actually, it can be pretty cheap. Like you can get three buckets, uh, s either uh, seedlings or seeds of like tomato. That's yeah. just as an example. And you can grow a ton of mm -hmm. tomatoes in a season. And if you know how to do that, and you know how to 
can or freeze i freeze because yeah. i'm lazy um then there you go that's a that's a lot of food and th- a lot of fresh healthy food that you just procured for yourself so um in in the whole raising awareness it's also important that we um make it uh, av- uh something that's Avail- uh, not available something that is accessible to anyone and um just be sure to be as inclusive as possible with this important. yes yes well i love hearing about all the different projects that the locals um has been up to and how i appreciate what you said too about how things have kind of shifted and changed depending on the participants and just community needs and um two kind of related questions one can you talk about the name you talk about la lucha and like what that means where that comes from and then is la lucha and the locals the same and kind of like what's the difference there and then also like what is something i mean i think you've already touched on like what is like one of the most exciting things that you've gotten to see or be part of through the locals and what is something that's challenging whether that's like a single challenging thing or just a theme is something that's challenging okay i'm gonna start with your last question Mm. um so we are in suburban america uh we're in the south we're in arkansas and so some days when we're doing this work uh, I tell people in the good days I feel like man this is so awesome we're like at the forefront of the movement we're spearheading this you know so we're we're doing it here this is what uh who we are here and in the bad days I'm like oh my god why are we 10 years behind you know everybody in Seattle knows you know the whole like oh everything local farm fresh blah 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 that's just uh, the normal yeah and here it's sometimes you gotta like pull teeth to be like this is swimming upstream for sure exactly so that's that's one of the challenges um definitely but at the same time that's why we're here because this is where we could fill a need and now i can talk about la lucha space because uh when it was just an idea my husband and i what we realized was number one we went to college and like i said we studied social justice and things like that but we just had this conflict between like okay there's the theory and there's the practice Mm -hmm. because we can write all the papers and analytical critiques of this system or the uh, industrial complex the food industrial complex or this Mm -hmm. that but at the end of the day we're like ah what do i do with these papers like throw them at the world and (laughs) you know change so we were like, okay, we need to find a way to marry this theory and practice in a way that, you know, it's actionable. And then, like I mentioned, we traveled abroad uh, after we graduated. And in those travels, we, at some point, we worked at a or- organic farm through that uh, wolfing. Some people oh, yeah. might be familiar, wor- worldwide organic farming something. something. Um 
organization of some kind where people um, go and work at farms in exchange of food and shelter mm -hmm. and learning, of course. So we worked at an organic farm and at one place we did some hurricane, hurricane relief mm. stuff in Cuba. Mm. We, we, we traveled and saw stuff. And one of the things that kept coming back was that a lot of people were like, okay, I'm gonna go help. Mm. I'm gonna go help in this country or in that place. And we kept thinking, you know what? A lot of these problems stem from our culture and American consumption and American lifestyle. That's why there's that problem over there. So you know what? What we need is to change the culture and change here so that, you know, that will trickle eventually hopefully to other places and you know obviously there's merit to going and helping other places and doing things but it, this is just our personal uh personal um what's the word like this is how we traveled to the idea but it's not traveled our journey th this was our personal journey to what we decided to do so anyway uh this was the idea and we thought we need to change the culture of America and <laughs> of course again we we went to college in Seattle and obviously there's like a ton of organizations and a whole bunch of um, different projects that are kind of working towards many of these ideals but then again it almost felt like there were so many that they were competing for resources <laughs> instead of working together and again okay so that's not where we are needed mm. we're needed over here where nobody's doing it so that's what was like okay suburban america here we come you know <laughs> just yeah. the run-of-the-mill the everyday person how does that how does that person affect change in a in a meaningful way yes yes so that's where la lucha came from la lucha in spanish means the struggle and uh, la lucha space because uh, we envisioned a, a place and here we get philosophical because place is a geographical static place in uh, space place is a geographical static thing but space is what happens with place when you interact with it mm. so it's always I transforming yes yes see we thought about it so space is what happens when you interact with the place and so you can transform it into whatever you want so we found a two-story house, which was kind of like our vision before we moved here, because the vision was upstairs is our house, downstairs is the community mm -hmm. space. Mm -hmm. And we just found the perfect place. I wish you had been here back then because you would have seen the downstairs had 
a music room with a stage. We had a little like attached room that we made into the hacker space or like shared tools and mm -hmm. things like that for projects. There was, of course, two like what would have been in a, uh, the living and dining. That's where we had a bunch of tables mm -hmm. for when people would come in the kitchen. Um, so anyway, we invited people to come with the excuse of there's food here and <laughs> that's how you get people together and then once they were there we started talking to them about our idea and being like look what we want is this to be yours so whatever you want it to be that's what it'll be and so it turned into a venue for live music it turned into a place for community potlucks and meetings it turned into a place for workshops and what we liked to call the DIYT, do it yourself together. Oh <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> and, um, you know, we at some point had La Leche League, the breastfeeding mm -hmm. support group meeting there. And it, one time in particular, it was funny because we had that La Leche meeting, and then later in that evening, we had some punk show so we always thought what do you think our neighbors think when they're like so now there's a whole bunch of vans and babies <laughs> and then there's like all these speakers oh, and yeah. punk looking kids like what is going on <laughs> so anyway our uh la lucha space was this project where we just started to get to know people and inviting them in and wanting to hear what they wanted to see in the community and trying to make that happen and eventually it got big enough that we moved out into uh, actual commercial well, it was it was a store it was a coffee shop it was a venue of mm. course knowing us right it can't be just one thing it was even co-working space because it was giant so we had a place downtown and we called it the locals so originally the locals was a program of la lucha space because oh. at the time La Lucha Space, by the way, is uh, the 501c3 nonprofit. So okay. that's, you know, our legal entity. That's La Lucha Space. And that's what we uh, called our house back in the day when the projects happened there. So we moved out into the locals because it was all about local people. We sold local goods. Uh, same stuff I mentioned earlier, like the jams and the soaps and the mm -hmm. crafts. Um, obviously, since it was an actual space, we also had meats and ice cream and uh, coffee and all kinds of stuff. And so it became the locals as a program because at the same time we were facilitating urban farm project was a pr was a program. We were doing the grant, so that was a different program. Um, so that's how the locals came to be. Now, that project, in terms of like the brick and mortar part, uh, it lasted, you know, like 13, 14 months. Mm -hmm. It was a lot of work. It was really fun. And, you know, we met a lot of people. We did a lot of things. But it was a lot of work. This was in 2014-ish. Okay. And it just, you know, was 
not quite sustainable so we had to just transform and adapt like we always do so the brick and mortar space stopped existing but the locals kept going and then we just kind of kept calling ourselves the locals for everything because it was easier to explain to people like this is what we do and la lucha space you know like there's more philosophical stuff behind it but also it's in spanish so people would kind of get confused whether it has something to do with like the latino community or not and so anyway so we just decided we're aka the locals and right now whenever we talk about our organization i usually talk about the locals but la lucha is the parent of the locals yeah yeah uh as far as something super exciting Uh, i mean there's many things but i can go back and talk to you about one of like what I feel is one of the greatest successes of our organization. So I can brag about it a little. Um, so like I said earlier, there was this community garden that was supposed to be a, a competition between colleges. And then it was all one community thing. And this was all happening behind the library. And this was something that they were letting us do. Like, hey, could we do this? And they're like fine you know (laughs) there's plenty of land go and do your thing they let us use their water but it was you know a hundred percent community uh led and supported you know had fundraisers and did activities and it grew and grew and grew like in actually terms of the size of the garden Mm And we got a greenhouse donated. And we had two festivals a year for like seven years in a row. We had um, different um, kind of events for volunteers. We had work days every week. And, you know, again, everything volunteer. And volunteers were always encouraged to take produce but whatever wasn't taken was donated to the food pantry and then so in the first year or two of this community project because again we didn't start that it started on its own and we just kind of got involved but eventually they wanted to fundraisers what does that mean that they need a bank account and so we said hey we're already an organization like you know an actual legal entity we already have a bank account and you know nobody wants to be like oh i'll put it in my bank account like a personal one because it's kind of weird like what happens if i leave whatever whatever (laughs) so we said hey let's use us as an umbrella you know like we have the structure then just Mm -hmm. use us and we've done that with other projects in the community since but that was the first one where we were like this is one of our purposes to you know give structure to these projects that that come up and it'd be so cumbersome for all of them to set all these things up that we already have so let's share so it became officially a program of of la lucha space you know the urban farm project was part um it was like we it was 
uh, we were the parent organization so that they could have this infrastructure and so we actually applied for a few grants and you know th these are smaller ones but still you you need that to apply for a grant you need an organization they don't give it out to individuals for example and then there was this thing called Arkansas Garden Corps and that's mm -hmm. something that still exists, which is the equivalent of food core for people who are uh, familiar with AmeriCorps is one of the programs where they send people to school gardens or community gardens, um, you know, to teach and, and take care of them, whatever. So Arkansas Garden Corps is Arkansas specific, but it's basically the same. You know, you get a service member, they are in charge of running programs and, you know, ensuring sustainability and this and that. So the La Lucha applied for a Garden Corps service member. Mm -hmm. And so we had two full-time service members, so two years in a row. And then the last year we had a part-time service member and the library hired a part-time person mm -hmm. to work in the garden because throughout especially the first two years where we had a full-time person then there was kids garden club there was sketch hour which is you go outside you draw a plant and learn about it there was um yeah 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 we had uh, a food cart we called it the peace take one cart p-e-a-s the peace take one <laughs> so some of the oh the the garden kind of became less of a production garden and more of a demonstration garden exactly uh because we just found that instead of growing a bunch of potatoes, it was better to show people how to grow potatoes, how to grow squash, how to grow tomatoes. And so, you know, we grew a bunch of lots of things, so there wasn't any substantial amount of one thing. Um, so we kept donating some stuff to the, the food pantry, but some of it we just put in this little cart inside the library, kind of mm. to well, to give it away, to tell people, hey, check it out out back. If you haven't seen it, there's a community garden. Yep. And then we had signs for the different programs. And there was workshops. There was a book club. So anyway, there was, uh, you know, programming, mm -hmm. which demonstrated to the library the value of it in terms of, hey, you know what? It's just as much an educational tool as the gardening section in the bookshelves. And we do so many programs that it's attracting uh, patrons, which, I mean, that's the mission of the library, to bring people in and to yeah. have them engaged. And so, like I said, on the third year that we had a service member, it was a part-time service member, and the library hired a part-time library employee to help out and then the year after that it became the library's program uh, mm. la lucha space said here you go and the library hired a full-time with benefits employee 
in charge of the garden. So basically it became institutionalized. And that's what we hope for everything, you know, that it grows into something that's the communities and that it kind of grows its wings on its own. So we were, yeah, we were super happy about that. And plug, if there's any local people listening, uh, soon there might be, a p that position might be opening. So if you're into gardens, yeah. programs, and education, check out the Faulkner County Library uh, wanted page in the next couple months. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, thank you so much for sharing. I think I just have one more question since this is a podcast about food. Can you talk about, and this episode is coming out on Christmas Eve. Um, is there like a favorite food that you have or like a favorite meal or if there's like a Christmas traditional food that you love, anything related to just like foods that like you're passionate about in particular? Well, I'm about to go to Mexico to visit my family, mm -hmm. and so I'm excited about a lot of food. I like to joke that I'm going to Mexico so I can eat, and since I'm there, I'll see my family and friends, I guess. <laughs> you know? <laughs> top priority uh, is the food, though. I don't blame you. Yes, top priority. <laughs> um, and my grandma had... A traditional, uh, it was like her dish called carne adobada, which is a pork dish with adobo, which is like this type of sauce made about from lots of dried chiles and stuff. So as far as like a family recipe, that's one I can think of. Um, but my grandma's no longer with us. But it's something that gets cooked at Christmas every year because it's just part of the, the family tradition. Um, but aside from that, we, we just cook se with the season. That's mm. kind of our recipe is to use whatever is in season and yeah. figure it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much, Sandra, for sharing a little bit of your story and the story of La Lucha Space. I um, I think I was a sophomore junior at Hendrix when I think you might have come to my class. I took Food, Culture, and Nature with Dr. Chopic, oh, yeah. and I think you might have come and talked about it. So it was cool to hear about the history and everything since then. Um. I know, now I'm a board member. I'm a fancy board member, which I love. Um, well, cool. Are there any closing thoughts or anything else you want to share? I don't think so. Okay. Yeah, we went through a lot. We so did. Yeah. Well, thank you again, and Merry Christmas, and enjoy time with your family in Mexico and the food in particular. In particular.